Welcome everyone to episode 16 of Down to Play. I'm your host, Dapper Tux, along with... Next Gen Player. For this show, we'll be giving you our review of Mortal Shell, F1 2020, Evergate, and the official Nintendo Switch SanDisk SD memory cards. Let's dig in first with the absolutely punishing Mortal Shell. Mortal Shell comes from indie dev Cold Symmetry. It's their debut game and it easily compares to From Software's Dark Souls formula, as well as taking cues from Bloodborne, if we're perfectly honest. And I don't think they really try to hide that, so we'll get that right out of the darkness and throw it into the light. But this game is very dark, it's very, very punishing. Uh, Next Gen, what did you like about the game? Well, I thought it's interesting because, I mean, you could either really take it as, you know, the game is sort of copying dark souls or you could say it's like a nice homage to dark souls like you can really go either way with this game to me i think it's more of a homage like there's definitely a lot of things that they take from dark souls but there's a lot of things that they add to it um one of the things that i really liked about this game is that um it's it's actually pretty short like the dark souls games and bloodborne all those they they would take me you know dozens of hours to to play through but this one a single playthrough is probably about 15 hours or so. Um, it's um, and it's it's all like very compact. Like you just you go from area to area, which I like. Yeah, I found that I found it's smaller. It's more condensed. Again, like you said, between 12 and 18 hours. I, I was closer to the 18 hour completion, um, but it's all killer and no filler. It's like a constant action, which I, I, I did like to. I mean, obviously, the, the shell mechanic is the big thing in this game. So I it took me uh, just a little bit to sort of figure out how it works, because it's something that I haven't seen before in a Dark Souls game or pretty much any game. Um, but once you get the hang of it, um, it's actually it's funny because it, it's really hard um, when you first start out. But as soon as you master the shell, I thought it, it's like the difficulty just goes way down. Like essentially that what the shell does is you could just turn yourself into a stone statue and then your enemies can attack you. And sometimes they actually get stunned because they, you know, their their weapon hits your statue um, so not only does it protect you from the enemy's attack, but then it gives you a chance to counterattack. So I remember like the first boss that I, I faced, like I, I probably faced him three or four times, um, kept on kicking my butt. <laughs> Same here. I lost a lot, lost often, <laughs> but you're right. Once you master that hardened mechanic, it really changes the game. Yeah. And what's cool with this game too, is you, you start out the game as sort of this like soulless creature um and 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 what you do is you actually go around and there there's four different bodies that you can um assume right so you can essentially find these these fallen heroes within the world and each of the heroes have their own stats like one the first one you, you find is just sort of like balanced stats for everything you can find one that has uh high stamina you can find one that has high health um and so yeah so you can you can really like you know tailor um your gameplay based on what character you like which i thought was an interesting mechanic yeah you essentially uh hitchhike into the uh to the bodies of former former warriors which is pretty cool so it's good they didn't call it zombie something because i think that would have really turned me (laughs) off but yeah i really i really like that mechanic where you're corpse hopping between different shells you know to survive it's an interesting concept that I found added a lot of variety to the gameplay. And for a Souls-like game, it, it offered something very new. There's obviously um, different weapons that you can get as well. So you, you start out with a, a sword, you can get like a big hammer, 
Um, and, and, and so, yeah, you know, combining the four weapons with the four different shells that you can get really lets you tailor, um, your, the gameplay to the way you liked, right? So I think I, I, I chose the, um, uh, what was, he was more of like the assassin hero, the one that, that has like super high stamina. <laughs> Cause I actually found like, and the, part of the reason why I chose that guy is, is, uh, there's a pairing mechanic, uh, in, in the game, but I, I even after 15 hours of playing it i never really mastered it like i i was yeah, good same here if i'm totally honest that's the same thing between this and cuphead they both had me for parry yeah. i just can't do it properly in both these games so it's it's weird though like i just finished playing ghost of shishima and parrying is no problem and and like sekulo parrying is no problem yeah. so i like I don't know. I mean, I maybe it's the game. Like, I I'm I don't think I'm I'm bad at parrying, but uh, but I just couldn't figure it out. So, uh, and the the what what kind of I don't know. It, it's I guess it's kind of a shame because with the with the parrying, um, you can actually do a move that heals you. It heals you quite a bit if you can do a, a successful parry. But again, like I couldn't figure that out. So that's why I chose um, the shell that has a lot of stamina. So I didn't have to really parry. I could just roll around and I could run away from the enemies and and then, you know, rush in and do my shell attacks, right? So, And I mean, another thing too, like with the graphics with this game, this is an indie developer's very first go around. It was, it was stunning looking. Like I know it was very dark and at times I had a little bit of time navigating because things were a little samey enemy types weren't weren't you know uh incredible incredibly varied but at the same time like the lighting effects were pretty cool um I, I was shocked by just how how great it looked for an indie title i don't know what are your thoughts well i thought so like the the original hub area that you go to i thought was super bland which is that that swamp like it, it the swamp just doesn't look good <laughs> Like it's so, it's so, it's so samey. Like I, I'd, I'd go around a, a corner or like crawl through a path and I'd get out and I'm like, is this the same swamp? Like, what did I even, I found myself to like, I found the graphics, like in terms of the actual character animations and again, like glistening off of armor and surfaces with lighting, pretty cool. But you're right. Like the level design in terms of what I saw, like you said, various environments were very similar and I would find myself kind of getting lost like early, like early levels of halo <laughs> yeah. things where it's just like okay this is i've i think i've been here before it looks familiar so maybe i've been here and then you might double back or get confused but yeah no i, I found that too so level design i found could have used a little bit of work for sure yeah but what i what i like though is the, is like the swamp is just sort of like the hub area and then it branches off and, and there there's three different um like dungeons that you have to face and and i thought like you know like there's the icy cave dungeon there's the big cathedral like I th I thought that they looked really good, right? So I like it, the game definitely does look good, and the and the enemies look good, and everything looks good. It's just it's just the hub world. That's it. Like the hub world just kind of gets me lost and confused. And um, but yeah, like once you get into the dungeons, things are uh, really really uh, you know they they look better. They get they looked all spruced up. So we've given our plus and minuses. What would you score Mortal Shell out of ten? I'm gonna give it a solid eight out of ten. I really liked it. I want to play it again. Yeah, I want to play new new game plus. I want a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I like, it's, it's it's really good. Yeah, no, no, I'm I'm right there with you again. We're we're pretty much in agreement here. I'm giving it an eight out of ten as well. Uh, great game. I love the fact that it's a little bit shorter. Offers a challenge. Uh, again, it doesn't just completely kill all your time with just you know 
waves of enemies that are just all filler and it gives you you know exactly what you want from a souls like title and throws in a new twist so uh yeah absolutely uh something i loved and i i we both highly recommended that an eight out of ten now let's uh let's jump into the fast lane with f1 2020 our full review the game itself, me personally, I've got a need for speed and Formula One style need for speed is what I've got. And there's only one spot to get that adrenaline fix and it's with F1 2020. I really enjoyed this game. Um, I've got a long history with Formula One and I was a huge fan back in high school, but I drifted from the sport ever so slightly. But my story restarts with Netflix live action series, Formula One, Formula One Drive to Survive. If you haven't had a chance to check out that show and you're a Formula One fan, you should watch that and then play this game because it's absolutely the intense action and highly competitive nature of the sport. It's captured so well in F1 2020. So if you love racing like I do, if you love Formula One racing, especially after checking out that Netflix show, you, you got to check out this game. What I really liked about F1 2020 was the fact that you can team up and race along with official teams and drivers. You can also compete on 22 highly detailed circuits with current and classic content included. Um, I was really excited to get the actual Michael Schumacher edition. So you get a lot of throwbacks in terms of uh, homages to the legendary driver's car and style. So absolutely love that. You get a lot of his race kits as well too. Um, what I love the most about this game is the new management angle. It's so well done. It's executed perfectly and it's the most fun I've ever had in a Formula One game. I find management modes in games they can be dry and a little dull quite, quite frankly but in F1 2020 I really felt like I was going through the high drama situations that I saw in that, that Netflix series that I was referring to or you know that you hear about in the news around Formula One teams. In the mode which is called my team you are both the driver and manager so it allows you to build an entire racing team around you so you know keep keeping a, a lookout online for uh, dapper team racing that's me <laughs> or sorry dapper tux <laughs> racing that's my race team the customization is absolutely insane i loved it you're able to pick your livery you're able to uh, choose sponsors uh, your car types your car's actual r&d it's all here for if you're a motorhead like me, then you're really going to enjoy that. And again, that's I found the big cherry on top of this delicious racing Sunday experience. Um, and it's all this tops off all of the regular offerings that come from Codemaster and a Formula One game. So I really, really enjoyed it. And what's cool too about the My Team experience is you can attend media briefings. You can budget and fine tune your car in hopes of capturing the podium. So F1 2020 it puts you in the middle of the action like never before don't let this race game pass you by it's incredibly fun a super deep experience and yet it's super accessible there's new casual racing features where my six-year-old dapper jr we were able to play the new split screen feature and he was able to race and we were able to somewhat compete if i would put on a hard, harder difficulty and he had all of the assists on he was able to somewhat keep up so i i just i had an absolute blast split screen with my son so you know if you've got a couch co-op buddy that's into racing any age i would recommend well, actually let's say maybe five and up but it's just so so much fun uh what, what did you think of the game uh, next gen <laughs> I, lo I love that you called split screen a uh, split screen a, a new feature which is which is which is so funny like i mean we'll obviously we've been a, gaming retro, for... a retro feature a 96 uh 1996 expectation of a uh, formula one game <laughs> yeah no it's just like it's i mean it really is actually a new feature so you i mean if you 
you you call it the way it is, but it's just like it's just ironic because we grew up playing split screen and now yeah, totally now it's back and it's a new feature. Like it's yeah. something new. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? I actually played the Stadia version, if you can believe it. I was playing Google Stadia, um, and um, yeah, so I was playing playing that version of the game, and yeah, I, I was actually pretty impressed. Like. Uh, Oh, hold on. We got to mark this. Is this the very first uh, Stadia-based game that we reviewed on Down to Play, or was there another? No, that, this will be the the very first hey. Stadia game that we re- reviewed. Yeah, Pop I was I was pain, just like you're on the podium, spray it around. There we go. First Stadia game right here. Review. <laughs> yeah, sprayed on the camera. I sprayed on my mic like they do in the in, in, in the game. But yeah. I was actually pretty impressed. Like that was really the first time that I've had a, a real chance to dig in and play Stadia, and um. It, it, I mean the the quality. I mean it looked great and it, and it and it ran great. I I would say that I was playing it initially on Wi-Fi and every race I had maybe one minor like half second lag, uh, but that was over like a five or a ten minute race, which I thought was pretty good. Once I I plugged in um to the Ethernet, uh that that even got reduced. Like some some races I didn't have any lag at all, which was good. Um so yeah, overall I had a good experience uh, playing it on Stadia. Um, in terms of the game itself, like, yeah, um, it's actually funny because I, I just finished, we, we just ended up uh, reviewing Burnout Paradise a few episodes ago. So I was, and it was kind of a shock to my system to go from Burnout to this because this is, this one is, is like, obviously like, you know, it's circuit based and, uh, and a lot more, uh, simulation than, than Burnout Paradise, but. And not everything is exploding and flipping 10 times over. Well, if you're a really bad race dri- race car driver, then possibly, but. <laughs> Yeah, well, what you know, what I actually really like about about F one twenty twenty is you can there's there's uh, there's different modes you can flick on, um, depending on your level of experience with racing games, right? So yep. you can you can turn on like uh, like automatic uh, gear shifts. You can do like ERS and DRS. You can make those automatic as well. So. I think uh, like initially I, I I picked like the easier one where I just had to like you know focus on on the racing, didn't really have to worry about um about like the manual braking and the and the the gear shifting. Um, one after a few races, like once I finally got the hang of it, then I started to to get into more of the advanced features. But I like that a lot in this game. Like it doesn't really matter. You could be like you know you could be someone who's never played an F one game ever. And you can have like all the assists on, and you're fine. Or if you're like you know a simulation expert that likes to tweak and customize and control everything, you can set that as well. Um, and yeah, I I I do like the the this this version. I mean, I played actually the last uh, few versions of it, uh, like like uh, F1 uh, 2019 and 20, 2018. Like, but um, but what I liked about this one is yeah they've got that two the two career modes which I thought is just great like the my team is just so complex and robust like there's just so much to it I ended up playing my team for a few hours and then I switched over to the regular career mode which is just it's a more streamlined version where um, where you just play through regular seasons yeah um, less to deal with right it's more about pure racing yeah I mean it's more about pure racing um you do actually do interview sometimes before and after the racing um which is i found that the interviews were kind of uh like similar like a lot of them i I was answering the same questions like you know how'd you feel like you uh, or how'd you feel you you did during the race (laughs) yeah that's uh, one of my one of that's one of the things that that did irk me a little bit about the game that 
I loved it, but that was one thing is that the cutscenes were often repeated, and even like the facial facial models of some of the reporters are always the same, and even the post like you know, the post like race interviews I found very bland. So like the first time you play it, it's like it's interesting, but then yeah. when you finish an, another race and you see the same thing over same again, you're thing. like, yeah. oh, did I already answer this question? Yeah. Um. <laughs> no more. No more questions. No more questions. <laughs> They're all the same. I would say. I would say like the racing aspect of it is like the most fun I've had in a racing game in a while. Like I, I just, I, I thought it was super easy to get into, and everything looks great and controls great. It's super tight. Four K HDR looks fantastic. It looks really, really good. Even though things are whipping by you at two hundred miles an hour, it's, uh, <laughs> it looks, it looks quite nice in motion. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, and and I like the fact that you can do R and D and do a lot of customization. So I. I was getting into some of that as well. Um, for sure. So yeah, I guess I guess like overall, like you know, I th- I think it's for sure. You know, it's a, a surprise hit. Like I, I I wasn't expecting I was gonna like this game as much as I did, but um, but it's certainly one of the best racing games I played in a long time. Um, and I would say, yeah, I mean, if you're an F1 fan or even just a racing fan in general, like this is definitely one that you want to check out. What would you give F1 2020 out of ten? I'm giving this a super high score, nine out of ten. I awesome. Good. We, I think we're a lot going down the line uh, on on the podium here. First place. I'm at nine out of ten as well too. So we're we're in absolute agreement here. Love this game. Very minor drawbacks with just the sameness of the cutscenes and the post race interviews are a bit bland. But I mean, you're showing up for the racing and for a deep career mode. You're gonna get it here. F1 2020 finishes first in our eyes. Definitely check it out. Next up, we've got Evergate. Uh, it's from Stone Lantern Games and published by P Cube Limited. It's It's a puzzler platform that released August 18th on Nintendo Switch and it's coming to PC on September 1st. You guide the childlike soul, Key, on her journey through the afterlife. Key wields a soul flame to boost to new heights, soar through the skies, and overcome dangers. As you play through Key's past memories across lifetimes, you decipher the connection with her kindred spirit. So, next gen, what did you think about uh, what did you think about Evergate? This was the game that was in the Nintendo Indie Direct that they just had a few weeks ago. If you remember that one, so mm. this was a this was a game that that really stood out. A lot of people were talking about it after the the Indie Direct. Um, so, I, like, I'm super happy that I had a chance to to play it. Um, first thing I noticed right away is wow this game looks like ori <laughs> like and that's a that's a good thing like it's it's re- as far as i know too the team is just four people like four people made this game but like go look at the trailer it looks beautiful it's just such a gorgeous game i don't know how four people can manage to pull off such phenomenal animations and and graphics like you know kudos to the team that's such amazing talent there um and just from a from a gameplay and a story perspective like it it does totally remind me of Ori. Um so if you like that game then then I think you're going to love this one. The the big difference though really is, is you know Ori is obviously a, a Metroidvania game. This one um what you have to do is you have to travel around to different worlds. There, there's 10 in total that you're going to travel to. Um and each of the worlds has I think it's eight stages. And and so the stages are usually like maybe one or two or three screens big, um, and then and yeah, and you start out in one spot and you have to sort of make it to a to a goal um, on the other side of the map. And the the way it works is you've got this uh, mechanic called the Soul Flame, 
And once you press down the ZR button on your Nintendo Switch controller, what that does is it slows down time and um, this line projects out of you. And what you have to do is you have to connect. There's these crystals all over the map. And you have to put your line uh, through the crystal and have them touch like um, a surface that has magical powers. And then once you do that, then you destroy the crystal and the crystal unleashes power, right? And you got to use this power to navigate these platforming levels, right? So it, it starts out with uh, a boost crystal where when you break that, what it does is it sends your character flying off in whatever direction uh, you're pointing at. So if you if there's like uh, like a tall a, a tall cliff um, that you need to climb, like you can use a boost crystal, it'll make you jump straight up and and, and clear the cliff, right? Um, essentially, after that, there's like there's other crystals. Like there's one um, there's a flame crystal that when you light it, it'll light surfaces on fire or it'll light fireworks. Um, there is a crystal that will teleport you across the map to uh, to a new spot. There's one that creates uh, a platform below you, and there's another one that creates uh, like a barrier or a rock in front of you. So what actually ends up happening, and this is like what I find so cool about this game, is that the very first world that you go to just has the power boost crystal, but then as you go through, each world throws in one new crystal, so one new power, but the levels also have the crystals that you found in the previous worlds. So essentially like it just keeps on building on each other. Like once you get up to, you know, world five or six, you're suddenly, you've got six different crystals that you've got to deal with. Um, and each one does something different and you got to figure out, um, you got to like really think and, and strategize how you're going to, you know, break these crystals and do various things to get yourself to the platform um, or like the end goal platform. Right. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of thinking and it gets really, it gets, it gets challenging, but it's not to the point where you're, you're frustrated. It just, sometimes you just have to sort of sit back and think about what you need to do next. Um, and the other thing that's really cool with this game is that each of the levels have essentially three different challenges that you have to do. So one is, is break all of the crystals. Another one is collect all these like power essences that are scattered around the level and then the last one is a speed run. So you got to, they give you like a ridiculously small amount of time, like 15 seconds to beat the level and you have to go as fast as you can. And then what happens is, is once you like, um, for each of these, these challenges that you complete, you end up uh, getting essence. And then after you get a certain amount of essence, you can unlock artifacts and artifacts essentially give you various boost right so they're 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 like equipable items so maybe one artifact will, will let you jump 20 percent higher another one might uh make you drop from a jump 60 percent slower so there's all these like various ways you can sort of like tweak um the gameplay and the game mechanics using these artifacts so not only do you have to contend with all these crystals doing various things but you also have to figure out okay this level like maybe i should equip this artifact and then the next level i should equip this other artifact so there's a lot of decisions that you have to make um and yeah i mean it's just i mean long story short is that the challenge is there the graphics is there it's got an orchestral arc um uh soundtrack that is just totally phenomenal um, and it's one of the best looking indie games I've seen in a while. So 
um absolutely you know if you're a fan of ori and, and you you like that art style and you like that style of gameplay um this is almost like a more compact version i would say of, of ori um but yeah i mean it's just it's it's uh it's it's one of those games that i didn't really know too much about until i saw it on, on that nintendo direct and now i'm so glad that i played it and and it's one that i'm definitely going to highly recommend nice so what would you score the game out of 10 i'm going to give this game an eight and a half out of 10 definitely have to check it out with that high praise it sounds really interesting and yeah i'm a big fan of ori so i i'm up to playing an ori clone i guess (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh now to uh a device in which we can save all of these great uh, great game experiences on our Nintendo Switch. Uh, the SanDisk Micro SD XC card for the Nintendo Switch. I'm going to be reviewing the whole line and, you know, I love my Nintendo Switch. It's offered hours and hours of fun, but it does have one disadvantage and that's storage. It's easy to fill up the Switch's storage rather quickly. Luckily, there is a lot of SD solutions out there. So if you are looking for a high-performance SD card, you should really look no further than SanDisk's Micro SDXC card for the Switch. It comes in three different designs and storage capacities. There's a 64 gig card that comes uh, with a white and gold Zelda Triforce design. The 128 gigabyte comes with the red and white mushroom design. And finally, the largest option uh, at 256 gigabytes. It aptly carries a yellow and black design with the actual uh, star on the front. These are neat little design cues that follow suit with the Switch's design. I personally love the added little little aspects to design like that. A lot of people, if you're more you know cost-minded, I totally get it. You might forego something like this. I loved it. Personally, for me, I would pay a little extra for something like this. I know you don't really see the memory sitting inside of your Switch all that often, but I like these little touches. Also, too, in my line of work, I do a little bit of photography as well as some graphic design. I've got SD cards up to my eyes. I really like the fact that I could take a look at the exterior of this and and be like, oh, hey, there is my Nintendo Switch SD card. The design totally stands out and differentiates itself from everything else. So I really, really like the cards. I was able to test out the 128 and the 256 gigabyte versions. They're fantastic. They held everything, really, my entire Switch library all the extra content I needed. They also work with the Switch Lite, so I was able to test it both in the standard flavor Switch as well as the Lite, and uh, they work great. Best part about them is that they instantly add that memory, so there's no need to reformat. It works with the Switch. No need to do anything else. Plug and play, off you go. It's, of course, officially licensed by Nintendo. It has the extremely dependable SanDisk name behind it. It hits transfer rates up to 100 megabytes a second, and it loads games lightning quick, so you don't have to worry, you know, again, if you're worried about load times or anything like that. With these cards, I did find a little bit of improvement in terms of, you know, games that tended to load take longer loading these really helped out with that and downloading and transfer speeds uh, it went fast as well too again it depends on how fast your internet connection is as well transferring data uh, was great and like i said before you can store digital games and additional content and there's no need to fumble you know especially if you go with the bigger 256 gigabyte version you don't really have to fumble any longer with physical games because you can download just about anything you need from the Nintendo shop and off you go. The one downside to this is again, the cost. I mentioned before that I I love things like this. I would pay a little bit extra to have, uh, you know, the cutesy little logos on things or the Nintendo base logo or that, you know, that Nintendo seal of quality. So I didn't have a major qualm with that, but if you are a little bit more budget conscience, 
you know, hey, no judgment. It's it's a wise decision with so much out there to buy and play. I totally get it. That would be the only downside to this is that you can get uh, something you know, of, of equal uh, performance, uh, a little bit cheaper. So for this, um, I'm going to give it for the performance, uh, the actual aesthetic. I really liked it. The fact that it was plug and play, uh, it's completely waterproof. Uh, you, I, I know because I have a six-year-old <laughs> and he left his switch in the rain. Yeah, so these are, the memory cards themselves are waterproof. So, yeah. I've ever... I don't yeah, think I have any memory cards that are waterproof. Yeah, so you can throw it in a, in a glass of water. I didn't. Just... I didn't go that far, but it it did get damp, and we dried it off and gave it a day, and then put it back in the switch very carefully. Again, I wouldn't try this at home if you got forced uh, to do yeah. it, you know. <laughs> but it it was waterproof. Everything worked right after the fact. Yeah, if you have wow. had the odd mishap, like we we it, it stood I, up to it. I did not know that. <laughs> Yeah, with SD cards. Yeah, I learned something new. Well, I can say I can say with with these ones, yeah, we're we're good. So I don't know if it's all SD cards, but yeah, Sandisk, it's right on the package. So, hey, interesting. We we lucked out. (laughs) But yeah, eight out of ten, loved it. Transfer rates were great. Highly recommend. That's game over for this episode. Special thanks to the publishers and hardware manufacturers for providing games and hardware reviewed in this episode. I'm Dapper Tux. And I'm Next Gen Player. You can catch us on Twitter and Instagram at Dapper underscore Tux and at Next Gen Player. We are always down to play. 